Amen. Hallelujah. How is everyone doing this morning? Amen. We want to welcome our online visitors this morning. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If we can get the lights on so we can see each other. Amen. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Glory to his name. Glory to his name this morning. Amen. I want to thank everyone for coming out. Amen. I guess the Super Bowl isn't until later, so everyone got up and came on to church. I see that our ushers is in red, and I was like, what they doing in red? But it's Valentine's, so I'm like, okay, because I know y'all ain't for Kansas City, right? Because <laughs> y'all wrong for that. <laughs> oh, but excited about the fun that we will have and the laughter and shenanigans that will go on this afternoon. So whichever team you are rooting for, God bless you. Hope that you win. I'm really just, I just like the Super Bowl commercials. That's my favorite part. So I'm uh, hoping that they have upped it this year because last year it was kind of rough. But uh, amen. It's just good to be in the house of the Lord. I am battling a little bit of a cold this morning. So just pray with me. Amen. <laughs> that I will uh, be able to make it through this morning. We won't be long before you this morning. Um, I'm doing a two-part series, might fall into a three-part series, but just want to talk about the power of unity, amen? The power of unity. As we have been uh, systematically doing teachings on Wednesday nights, just to grow us up, amen, to, to give us the fertile, fertilize the roots of our heart, to give us the, 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 the knowledge that we need where we can just really understand and, and get a real perspective of what love is, <laughs> what prayer means, what fasting means. I'm going to encourage you all as we get ready to, to uh, consecrate ourselves as we enter into the Easter, Easter season, amen, that we prepare our hearts, amen, that we realize that Christ did it for us. Christ did it out of the love for us. Christ did it out of unity with the Father and the, <laughs> with the Father and the Holy Spirit, and how He loves us. You know, as we enter, as we will be celebrating Valentine's this week, there is no greater love that was displayed to us than the love that God. Uh, than the love of God, releasing his son to save us from this world. And so, you know, Tina Turner had, had written that famous song, What's Love Got to Do With It? <laughs> What's Love But a Secondhand Emotion? Well, I want to tell you this morning, love has everything to do with it. It was love that walked that road to Calvary, amen? It was love that took the beating. It was love that was spat upon. It was love that was cursed. It was the love that God has for me and you, amen. Glory to God that we can stand today and declare his name, declare that he is the wonderful God, he is the loving God, and he is our savior. So let us just pray. Father God, I come to you this morning. Lord, asking Father God for just soundness of mind, Father God, and asking you to just clear my throat, Lord, so that the word can come forth. Father God, I just bless you this morning and thank you, Father, for I am the least 
of these, Father, but yet you still call me and you still love me and you still challenge me, Father God, to get deeper in your word, deeper in a relationship with you, Father God, so that I might proclaim what thus says the Lord. So, Father God, this morning I ask that you be with me, be with our congregation, Father God. For those watching online, Father, let us open up our hearts this morning. Let us take a moment, Father God, to really just dig into you, Father God. To remove the thoughts that are running through our minds, the things that we need to do, the things that we need to get done, God. It's Sunday morning, and it's time to just rest, Father God, and receive from you. So we ask you to bless in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would quickly stand to your feet, amen. We will be coming out of John chapter 17 and the latter part of that verse, verses 20 through 26. And this is one of the last prayers that Jesus prayed before he began that road, before he traveled to that uh, sacred cross. So John chapter 17, verses 20 through 26, and it reads, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I am them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them as you've loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me. Amen. Uh, let me flip this page, I'm sorry. That you would be with me as I am to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and the <coughs> I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them as I in them. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. So we're going to talk about unity this morning. Amen. True love, true love is rooted in unity. And as we, I'm going to sprinkle a little Valentine love in here and give you a little bit of a, <laughs> give our, our women and our men some help this morning as I was studying, uh, for some reason, God took me back to Genesis. I love Genesis. It's one of my favorite books, that, that first part of Genesis and the creation. And God began to just reveal some things to me as I was reading the scripture. But we know that Christ loves us. Amen. We know God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Spirit is greater love in the earth than the, than the love that they have displayed, that they have shown us. And so in this passage of scripture in John 17, 26, Jesus is about to take his final steps while here on earth. 
His life is coming to an end, and he is, he is taking the time to pray. And when you get home, read the full chapter, and you will, you, will, you will get the whole content of the prayer. But at the end of the prayer, he takes time to pray for us. You know, he prayed for the disciples, he prayed for the church, but he prayed for you and I in this chapter. We weren't even on the scene. We weren't even <laughs> thought of at that time. But yet and still, he takes the time to pray for us. What matter of love is that, amen? That Christ would pray for us because he could see into the future and he would know that on this day, amen, that we would be here gathered and that he would need to just give us the love and the support that we need to continue on the mission, amen? To bring people to Christ, to explain who Christ was and what he did and how much he loves him. So throughout this passage of scripture in these last verses, you will see that unity requires connection. Amen? You can't be unified if, you, if, you, if you're not connected. Number two, unity requires perfection. If you want true unity, you've got to walk in perfection. And then thirdly, unity requires love. You can't have unity and love. You can't say that you love someone and you're not reunited, united with them. I know for a lot of people, young, young people, even some older people, you know, when you fall in love and you get angry or you have a spat and it's, I love you, but I ain't in love with you. You know, you, 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 you love that person, but something has broken down in the relationship. Something has disturbed it and, and, and your love filters and, fall, and falls short, God never falls short with us. And we offend him daily, amen? We offend him in our sins. We offend him in our actions. We offend him <coughs> in our talk. And, but God's love never, never fails. So true love is developed through a relationship with God. When we love each other as Christ loves us, we develop his character. We take on his character. You know, for those who have been married for a long time, you finish each other's sentences. You know that person inside and out. You just begin to have character traits that just intermingle with each other. So uh, even it strengthens our relationships with one another. The closest parallel Paul summarizes uh, to, to, to depict Christ's love is that of a properly functioning marital relationship. Amen? Properly functioning marital relationships. And there's not many of those around, amen? Usually when people get like up in their 70s and 80s in, they got it together, you know, but, but to, to walk through life and, and have a properly loving marital relationship, that takes some submission, amen? That takes a lot of unity, that takes a lot of give and take. And so Paul re relates that unity really, you know, the best depiction of Christ, the, be the best be depiction of Christ's love is a properly uh, unified marital relationship. So, I, so when I was reading that, I thought to myself, okay, well, let me, let me go back to the first marriage. Let me go back to the first union, human reunion, and look at it. And God's love is so matchless and unending. I mean, God loves us 
regardless of whatever we do, whatever, whatever comes, his love, care, and concern for us was in motion before humanity existed. So even before man was created, God already loved us. Amen? Wow. The preparation of the Garden of Eden was a demonstration of his love. You know, God didn't just wake up one morning and think, you know, hey, I'm going to build, you know, I'm going to just, just create a garden. But when he was creating the garden, he was creating it because he had man in mind. And uh, the thought, the detail, the rendered provisions, the fruit-bearing trees and sustenance that would sustain man was a token of his love for us. See, God loves you no matter what, and he has already planted us, amen, into fertile ground. He's given us everything that we need to sustain ourselves because he loves us. Now, whether or not we have cultivated our gardens, that's on us. But when God created man and when he created you, he gave you everything that you would ever need to succeed in this world. So just a side note for the male, you were created in the image of God, amen? You were the first human that was created. Just as God provided everything you needed, he gave you a big yard, amen? A good job, dominion, and a home on the east side. Just like uh, the Jeffersons coming on up to the east side. He put your garden, on, he put Eden in the east side of the garden. In the suburbs, amen? That was the suburbs in the Garden of Eden. Man had it going on. There was no lack for anything. God had provided everything that a man would need. You see, when you look at that and you, you, you really start digging into the, the, the scripture, the garden was a tangible gift from God, amen? It was something that man could grab a hold of. It was something that man could... could uh, could work and till and soil, but it was a reflection. It was also a reflection of heaven. It was a reflection of God says, I have an abode. I have a place to live. I have this beautiful uh, surroundings in heaven, and I want to recreate that for man. So, man. so God creates the Garden of Eden and puts a man in it, a place where he could abode, a place where he could, he could rule and reign because our Father, we all know, rules heaven and earth. Amen? He is the creator. He is the sustainer. And we are, we are made in his image. Man was made in his image. And God says, everything I do, I want you to be able to reflect on earth. I want you to be able to create heaven on earth. So he places Adam in this garden. And this, uh, this tangible gift from God was a reflection of, of heaven. God gave his best. And the garden was just a replication of heaven. If you look at uh, Revelations 2, if you look in Revelations 22, 2 through 3, you will see that heaven has a tree of life, just like the garden had a tree of life. There's so many parallels to heaven and the Garden of Eden when you really start digging into it and say, you know what? God was really hooking man up. God wasn't giving him any lack. God was withholding nothing from him. And so as, as we look and see how much God loves us, we all know and we've all read the scriptures that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. And the work the way they work is always in unison. You never see in scripture where they're working single-handedly. But even in John chapter 5, verse 19, John, uh, Jesus tells the disciples, I do nothing that the Father does not 
not give me permission to do. We are one. We are one. And so the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work in unison. They flow in unison. And that same dynamic was instilled in mankind, that we are to work in unison. The Father had the Son and the Holy Spirit together, and he said, they were together, and they said, let us make man. Even when they created man, they were in unison. They were in sync, in our own image and in our own likeness. So, so Adam was created and placed in the garden, and in the cool of the day, God would come down and they would commune, amen? They would talk. You know, Adam is, he's new, you know, it wasn't like Adam knew everything. He was, he was a new creation, and in the cool of the day, God would come down and God would explain things to him, and God would teach him the things that he needed to, to, to know to be able to sustain the, the garden. Now, Adam was on his job, and he was taking, he was taking care of it. He was doing his nine to five, uh, and he was handling his business. And at the end of the day, he would commune with God. So ladies, let me just say this to you. When your man comes home, okay, because nine to five, he worked his job. And then when he would come at the end of the day, he would, he would go into the, uh, he, would, he would sit and commune with God, and they would have great fellowship. So ladies, I say to you this during this, this season of Valentine's. When your man comes home, is it communicable? Amen? Is it, is it a place where, where, where everything is, is, is comfortable and, and receiving? Do you, does your man come home to a warm meal? Does he come home to a clean home? Amen? You know, I, we're not even going to the women's live and all of that. We're, not, we're, we're talking about foundation, what God set up, and the principles that God laid out. So Adam and Eve... Uh, when God created Adam, he would come and he would commune with him and they would talk. And I'm pretty sure Adam was like, man, God, guess what? Today I figured out such and so and so and I grafted a pear with an apple and guess what? Man, I got a pear apple, you know, and he was learning about the animals and doing the things that God uh, had created him to do. And so all of this is with unity. All of this was God taking the time with Adam and showing him and teaching him what it, what it meant. So as, as <coughs> excuse me. As, um, after Adam had settled, he had gone. Uh, he had gone through God's college. Amen. He had you know double masters, doctorate degrees. Adam was smart. Adam was educated. Adam had everything he needed, and and God looked at Adam after he had named all the animals. After creation, after creation was done, and Adam had named the animals and learned how to cultivate and learned how how to take care of uh, his home. And Adam knew how how to to. Uh, um, raised sheep, amen. He knew how to how to take care of everything. And God said, Adam does not, Adam is lonely. He looked at all the animals after naming the animals, and God said to him, there's not a suitable helper for him. And so God took Adam and made him fall asleep, and he took out of the side his rib and created woman. Amen? So woman wasn't taken out of the dust. Woman was taken out of the side of Adam to be a paraclete, to walk with him. And a suitable helper was found. So there's a union right there, amen, that, that we as humans are unified. We all came out of Adam and Eve. That we all carry the same DNA. That God is our father, amen. 
And Adam and Eve are the mother and father of this world. And Adam said to to this, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken from me. Therefore, a man should leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one. And they were naked and not ashamed. Do not miss this passage of verse because I'm going to thread this into Easter. She was naked. They were naked and not ashamed. So I want to just take the time to begin this this series, and I want to thread it all the way to Calvary. Naked and not ashamed. Now we all know what happened after that. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about the unity of God. The true unity of God is rooted in love. True unity is rooted in love. Amen? So in verses 20 and 21, it says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they, will, that they all may be one as you Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one of us, that the world may believe that you sent me. They were one. Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit were one. The nature of Jesus is unity with the Father, and the desires, and he desires the same for us. Our purpose on this earth is to express that Jesus is the Son of God and can And this can only be accomplished if we understand and recognize what Jesus did. Why did Jesus come to this earth? What did he do on this earth? He came to save our souls, amen? After the great fall in the garden, after the sin of Adam Adam and Eve, he came and said, we're not going to allow this, amen? We're not going to allow sin to take over. Uh, And he came and he, he went to Calvary for us, amen? He understood that man had messed up and man was now, there was a separation between man and God. But Adam had enough knowledge, amen, to still reverence God, to still do the things of God. So there was not a total separation, but there was a void missing. There was, there was no cool of the day meetings with him and Eve anymore. It was, it was a separation. Adam had to be out on his own. And as, a res, and as a result of Jesus coming and a result of the crucifixion, we as believers, we will live in peace because of the life that Jesus gave up, amen? Because of, the, because of the, the blood shed and the life, Jesus came to bring peace back to us. He came to reconcile us. He came to fill that void, to be the mediator, amen? To reunify us with Christ, to reunify us with the Father. Unity is an important piece, and we have to be one, amen? You cannot be unified if you are not one, amen? You cannot stand solo in this world. It is very difficult. People do it, but I can tell you they're miserable. <laughs> you know, people think that they don't need, uh, you know, others around them, whether it be a male or a female. You know, I'm on my own. I can handle life by my own. That's a lonely life because there's something built within us that God 
is a natural gift that God gave us, that we should be together, that we should be one, that we should be unified, just as him and the, just as Jesus and the Father are. We should be one. We should be working in unity. So as a result of the crucifixion, as believers, we, we live a life of peace, love, and unity with the Father. Once we receive the new life, our mission is to tell the world, and as a result of us telling the world, we bring more people into salvation. We bring more people into the kingdom because God sent a sacrifice to bring all believers back to himself. And so our mission in unity and as Christians, as a church, is that we just don't take our unity and sit down and wait for the, 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 the train ride to heaven, amen, is that we go out and we share the love of God with our neighbors, with our friends, with our coworkers, that we should be out connecting with people and telling people of the love that God has for them, the, the sacrifice that was made on Calvary. See, unity requires connection, amen? amen. You just can't live this life alone. You can't, you can't live hiding. You can't live in solitude. But um, Jesus was praying, and when he was praying, he was saying, this, this passage really speaks of Jesus just looking into the future and seeing you and seeing I and saying to, you know, saying and praying for us, knowing that he's about to die, knowing that he's about to be crucified, knowing that he's about to be beat, knowing all that was getting ready to go on. He prayed for us. What manner of love is that? That he would take the time and pray for us, knowing that he was about to face the most brutal type of death, the most evil uh, type of death, but he yet, he still, and he thought of you, and he thought of me as he was doing that. That's unity, amen? Because most of us would be like, forget that, forget them, you know, and take off in the other direction. I don't know anybody in here, you know, we, we say that, you know, I'm not giving my life up for you, my neighbor? No, I'm good on that, you know. God bless them. I hope they say, hope they make it into heaven. But we're not going to give up our lives for, uh, for our friends. It, that's not going to happen. But that's exactly what Christ did, that he thought about us. Amen. As he was getting ready to, to face Calvary, he thought about you. He thought about me. <laughs> it just blows my mind. He thought about us. And he said, I love them. Oh, they're going to sin. They're going to act up. They're going to cut up. They're going to do a lot of things. But I love them enough, amen, to take the hit for them. I love them enough to take the sacrifice, to take the sting out of death. I love them enough so that, that as they grow up and they hear of the work that I did and the love that I displayed for them, how much I cared about them, how united my heart is to, their, to theirs, I will take this cross for them. And that's how we need to be, especially, amen, with our friends and our family and in our marriages. You know, marriage is, is, is a difficult, it can be a difficult thing. I'm not saying everybody in here. <laughs> Don't get in trouble. Uh, I'm not saying that everybody in here has the perfect marriage, but marriage is a difficult thing. And when God united um, Adam and Eve, I just, sometimes I just laugh and, and, you know, like, I wonder what really just, what happened? What went left in the garden? Was it the fact that, you know, Adam would come home and he'd want to commune with Eve and Eve would be like, look, 
okay, I, I didn't heard about, you know, oh, yay, yay. You know, she just, she didn't want to hear it. And I mean, there have been times when Pastor would come home and I'd just be like, uh-huh, yeah, oh, beautiful, yeah, please get out of my face. You know, because that's just how we are. We don't want, you know, we don't take the time to realize that we need to commune, that we need to fellowship, that we need to listen to one another. If I would go to him and I'd be upset about something and he'd just be like, not right now. You know, I, I mean, and, and you know, just how we, how we interact with each other. And God is saying that, you know, in order to grow unity, we have to take the time to sup with each other. We need to take the time to commune with each other. We need to know each other in and out. So that sometimes when he would walk in the door, I would be like, oh, something's not right. You know, you could feel it. That, you know, I could feel when he, his continence was low. He could feel when my continence was low. And so it takes a unity. And that's what God wants with us. Just like, like Jesus said, the Father knows me and I know the Father. And we are one, so there's not a, an emotion that goes through either one of them that the other does not feel. And that's how God wants us to be, to be sensitive to each other. We'll go to work, we'll go in the marketplace, we'll see people, and we can tell, man, something, something's wrong. Or you can sense it, the Holy Spirit will tell you. I, there's many times I've been in the grocery store, and I could just tell when someone was troubled because the Holy Spirit would unction me. And getting the boldness to go up and say, hey, sis or, or sir, how are you? Or giving them a smile and just stopping and saying, you know, everything's going to be all right. And I've had people just break down and cry because they were carrying the weight of the world or situation was going on in their life, and the Holy Spirit unctions us address that. You are the Christ. You are me. Don't let them walk away with that pain. Don't let them walk away with that worry. Just give them an encouraging word, something that will, will help them move forward to go home and open up their Bible, to go home and listen to some worship music, to go home and say, you know what? Wow, that simple smile, that hug, that confirmation, that affirmation is all I needed to make it to the day. So love requires unity, just not with the people we know, but with a stranger, amen? Love requires a unity. So unity is a product of our union with Christ. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> and uh, we have to understand in, that Paul was saying that there is one body, one spirit, one call, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is in all of us, each and every one of us, that God has deposited into us his full, the fullness of the Christ, amen? that we are Christ's representatives. And when he died on that cross, when we received him as our personal Lord and Savior, we didn't just receive part of him, but we received all of him. And we have the power to walk this earth. We have the power to do things that God has called us to do. We have the power to heal. We have the power to overcome. We have everything we need because God wanted to make sure, amen, that Christ was duplicated right here on earth. That Christ, we are all Christ-like, amen? That it just isn't just Jesus anymore. It's just not what the, what the disciples did and what the apostles did. But it's all of us in here have a piece of Christ in us. If we have received the Lord as our personal Lord and Savior, we know that. We should know that and we should be confident in it. And one of the things that, that um, 
really uh, stops unity is ourselves because we're not unified in who we are. We don't realize who we are in Christ. We don't know what our identity is. I mean, I struggle with that personally a lot of times. Like, okay, God, are you sure? <laughs> like, you're kidding me, right? Like, and we waver back and forth on the giftings. We waver back and forth and wonder, you know, God, it just doesn't seem to be working out for me. It just, it just, it just every time I, I, I start out, you know, I'm pumped up, I'm ready to go, and then something happens and my spirit is torn or my continence fa falls. And Christ is saying to us, baby, look, everything you need is within you. I am the one. I am the one that gave life. I am the one that gives you the strength. Quit looking at yourself. Get out of the mirror and stop looking at yourself and turn your head up and look to the heavens, amen? And understand that I can and I am all that God says that I can be, amen? You are uniquely designed to carry out what God has for you. You are uniquely designed to, to know your identity in Christ and to go forward in this earth to do what God has called you to do. There should be no doubting. There should be no, no wondering because when you do that, you, 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 un, you ununify yourself. So you don't even know who you are. You don't know the power that, that God has planted in you, that has, God has inputted into you. Do you know that you are a king and a queen, amen? amen? That you are kings and queens in God's house. And God says, well, you know, if we just can recognize the fact that you've been chosen. Sometimes I wake up in the morning like, you know, with a big old smile like, dang, God, like you love me like that. That you have given me all that, that I need. You've given me the power, the sustenance, the knowledge to move through daily and do the things of God. And then here comes the enemy, just like he went into the garden of Adam and Eve and begins to, you know, jostle my mind and make me wonder and, 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 and <laughs> make me doubt what God has told me. But I I truly believe that God has called us, amen, as a church to do wonderful, mighty things. That God is ready to just explode this house, amen. But we've got to be unified. We've got to be one. We can't come in here and just wait for the elders or wait for the ministers or wait for the deacons or wait for the worship team. <clears throat> We have to come in unity. We have to come together as one. When we get out of our cars, we should be rushing through this door to get in here into the house of the Lord, preparing the sanctuary for worship, amen? You see, it's just, it's just not a job. It's not a job. Prayer is not a job. Prayer is not a ritual. Prayer is not a habit. And Jesus shows us this. Even in his death, he prayed for us. And a lot of times we just take prayer as, oh, okay, let me get up in the morning, read my scripture of the day, or watch the, the um, Bible verse of the day on the phone, and then move forward, do my prayer and move forward. But the scripture clearly says that we are to pray without ceasing. We are to stay in constant communication with the Father. That's how Jesus met it, made it on this earth. That's how he was able to go to the cross because he never relinquished his relationship with God. You see throughout the Bible where he would take time and he would minister to people and then he would go refuel himself. He would sit quietly with the Lord. He would pray with his Father. He would say, God, that was tough. Like these people really want to take me out. And the Lord would encourage him. And so we have to do that on the daily basis because the enemy wants to take you out. 
Do you realize that just as he attacked Jesus, he's going to attack you? He's going to tempt you. He's going to do everything he can to get you off course. But when you pray without ceasing, amen, when prayer becomes a, a, a part of you, when, when, when prayer is intertwined, when you are united with prayer, you will be an overcomer. Hallelujah, you will be an overcomer. And when the enemy comes at you, you will say, you will repeat what the word of the Lord says because that's exactly what Jesus said. Man, shall, when he tempted him with, with bread, man shall not live by bread alone. When God tempts you with whatever he tempts you with, with whatever, whatever your weakness or whatever, whatever's going on in your life, when you are tempted, when you see that text message or you, you get a phone call or you get a little heart emoji from an old boo, you know what to do, amen? Well, I love you too, and so does Jesus. Sin, <laughs> and you just stop it right there, amen? You have the power to stop the nonsense, but a lot of times we will reflect back, you know, when our eyes was rolling and all of this and all that, that we were doing for each other in the physical, we will, we, will, we will begin to crave that, and God is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't, don't go there. And so I just encourage you this morning that when you get tempted, amen, start, 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 start just quoting scriptures. Say, God, help me, Jesus, amen. Put them on a note card. Put them on your notes in your phone and just open it up and just begin to holler, amen, because the enemy's coming after you. But you have the power to overcome, amen, to be unified with Christ. And so... Unity requires perfection. In verses 22 and 23, it says, And the glory with you, the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that we may be made perfect in one, and that the world, the world may know that you have sent me, and that he loved them, and, and have loved them as you have loved me. Then, uh, excuse me, there are things in, in this scripture that, that this is a heavy, a heavy, a heavy verse right here. That God wants us to be perfect, amen? That unity is found in perfection. And we are perfect. This is what the scripture says to me, that we are perfect, amen? But we have to use our, our perfected glory. We're perfect because of the, the spirit, not on our own. Amen. Let's get that straight. But we have been perfected through God. Jesus' prayer was uh, that we will be in heaven with him one day. Amen. Where we will be truly perfected. That we will understand the glory and the majesty of heaven. We'll understand the glory and the majesty of the, of the Father. And he also expresses that we get to share in that glory. We get to be a part of that glory. That he has given us that same glory that God has given him. And we do not activate that glory. Amen. We don't walk in the power that Jesus walked in while he was on earth. But yet we have the same abilities. We have the same power. We, uh, we should be honored that God has given us such a gift. And I believe in this season, God is saying, untap the gift. Untap the gift. Release the gift that is in, within you. Allow the Lord to usher in his power, his might, all that he wants to do, the healing that he wants to do. Amen? The, the, the things that he wants to see done in your life and in this world. And when we begin to untap 
and peel away ourselves and allow the fullness of God to rise up in us. There is nothing that we cannot do. There's absolutely nothing we cannot do because God loves us so much. So unity requires per perfection. We were predestined, amen, to be, to be uh, doers, amen, to duplicate what is going on in heaven. When we look back at the Acts 2 story, and we see where a community came together, a community loved each other, a community unified themselves. They sat at the feet of the disciples teaching. They began to realize, you know, I have, I have extra. I, God has blessed me. I have this and I have that. Let me share it with my brothers and sisters. Let me make sure that my brothers and sisters are well taken care of. They were unified and the church grew in mass numbers because of the love, because of the testimonies, because of, of, of the sacred unity that was being displayed within, within uh, the body of Christ. So we as a body of Christ, we've got a lot of work to do, amen? We've got to be unified. We've got to be unified with our homeless and our, our, our safe parking, amen? To go, to be here on a Tuesday and say, you know, there's just a few that come out constantly and help, but say, hey sis, I'll give you a break this week. I'll come. I'll serve. Let me, let me unite with these people. Let me get to know them. Amen. They're not here to ask you for money. They're not here to, to, to try and rip you off. They just want a place to come on Tuesdays, have a hot meal, share the love of God. Amen. Witness to them. You know, God has positioned us. I mean, God has literally sat uh, before us a, a, a ministry that we can, we can activate in. And a lot of us won't, you know, we just, we just assume that, you know, oh, the office staff got it or, or retention or, or, or Yolanda and the team have it, but that's a lot of work. And so then what, what causes disunity is that people get frustrated and they get tired. And then they're like, you know, where, where is the church? Where is the help? But without saying it, they continue to do it, amen? Because they love God and they love the people and they love the opportunity. But when we become unified, there should never be a lack, amen? We should have a rotating calendar around that, around the, around the things that are being done here in this community and be expressing the love of God, showing the love of God. You might not, you know, you might be introverted. I'm very introverted until I get to know you. But you might be an introvert and like, I don't even know, you know, I don't want to be talking to them people, you know, like, hi, okay, you know, or do you want something to drink? You know, but, but when you get in and you just begin to just allow the spirit of the Lord to work within you, God will come up, amen? He'll just bubble up. He'll bubble out of you and you'll be able to just have deep communion with people. And that's not only here, but that's on your job. That's, that's everywhere we go, that we are to be sharing the love of God because God's doing great things for us, amen? Even in what we are doing now, we were just um, given a $3 million grant for the housing, amen? For the housing project. See, God is doing his part and he's asking us, unite with me. I have blessings that you do not have room enough to receive. But God is like, 
like, look, I want to do it as a whole, amen? Not a drop here and a drop there and a drip here and a drip there. God said, I just want restoration to become one. I want their hearts to connect because the scripture says, I will pour you out a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive. And so as we prepare for what God is calling us to do, amen, whether it's just in the housing, just in the homeless, but I believe it's way more than that, that God wants to use us. And we have to be a church united, amen? Unity, true unity is in the power of God. It's in the love of God. It's in the heart of God. And so when we unify ourselves, when we become one, amen, that we become a force to contend with. And God is saying, just as the Father, just as the, Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit came and, and, and walked through this earth as Jesus was the, was the one sent to walk through this earth. God says, you have the same power. You have the same ability. Sometimes I just, you know, I'll just look at somebody and I'm just like, God, I just want to go over and touch them and heal them. You know, but then I'm like, nah, they're going to think I'm crazy, you know. But, but that power is within us. When we're praying for people, that power is within us. But God cannot uh, release what is in a, uh, what's in a tainted vessel. You know, God says, look, you're either for me or you're against me. And God is asking us to clean our vessels, amen, so that we will be purified, that we will be made perfect, so that the, the Spirit of God can flow through us in all of its perfection. So unity requires perfection. The will of God will be complete in us when we I have, have attained a level of perfection here on this earth. And I'm not saying that you have to be a walking robot, that you gotta be a Bible thumper, that you gotta, you know, you just gotta be that annoying Christian that, you know, walks in the works co co quoting scriptures and throwing holy oil and, you know, just acting crazy where people are just like, what is wrong with him? But it's just right there in your personality. Be who you are, but be perfected in your spirit. If you like to go out and hang out, Go to the golf club, go to the bar, do whatever you enjoy doing, but take Christ with you, amen? Be that example. There are people all over the world. Oh, Christians shouldn't be out clubbing. Christians shouldn't do that. Christians shouldn't be dancing. Oh yeah, yeah we can because we have a freedom in Christ. We have a joy and a peace where we can go in and out of at adverse situations. We just don't get into the situation, but we go and we enjoy ourselves. We go and we, we, we fellowship and we have fun and we allow people to see that Christ is fun. Christ, when he was in, uh, in the scripture, he turned a wedding, wedding party upside down, amen? He went and said, oh, y'all need to turn up? I will turn this party up for you. And he fellowshiped and he danced and he, he sat with the tax collectors. He went into the sinners' homes because he wanted to show them that it's not by status, it's not a status thing. It's just love. It's just unifying. So as Christians, as, as a church, we've got to realize that, that we are not perfect, but we can show our perfection in showing people that, hey, I am just like you. I hurt like you. I got issues like you. I got drama with my husband. I got drama with my kids. I got all of that going on. But there's a peace and a perfection within my soul because I love God and he loves me. And that's how I sustain myself. Amen. And then my last point is that unity requires love. Amen. You cannot have unity 
without love. And as we, we get ready to celebrate uh, this Valentine's Day, you might have been, you might be united with someone, but you really don't love them. Let's just be, let's just be real. Amen. <laughs> you just in it because you in it because the years have gone by and you just wake up and breathe and be like, Lord, help me. But unity requires love. Unity requires a, a, a true love, a, a love that is rooted in the Father. And so that's exactly what Jesus shows us in this last prayer that he is praying before he takes on Calvary. The Father has always loved us. Just like I said in the beginning, before man was ever created, before Adam was ever created, God loved us, amen. He prepared a place for us. The Father has always loved us. And we, we see that the, the, beautiful, the most beautiful example in John three sixteen is that it, when it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves us like that so that we could have everlasting life, so that we could experience heaven, so that we could live a, a fulfilled life. So God loves us, but in that prayer, Jesus asks God, Jesus asks that God will love us the same way in which he loves him. So in the prayer that Jesus is praying just before Calvary, he's saying, Father, love them like you love me and like I love you, God. Let not this, 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 this death that I'm going to, to have to go through be the end, but actually be the beginning. Be the beginning for the creation that we stood many, many years ago, thousands of years ago when we decided to create man. That this project is not a fail. This project has just begun because when I leave, Father God, we will leave the Holy Spirit with them. We're not going to forsake them. We're not going to leave man alone, but we're going to leave this precious Holy Spirit. So he is praying. Um, Jesus is praying to the fathers. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the beloved Son of God, the bread of life, the creator of all things. And he takes the time to say, Father, the relationship that I have with you, the relationship that I have with the Spirit, Father God, let us connect man to that relationship. Let our relationship go further, Father God. We have a trinity, but Father God, we've got a house full of people that we want to pour our spirit into. We want our spirit to manifest out. So God's love requires unity. In verses 17, or in ver chapter 17, verses 24 to 26, he says, Father, I desire they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I know you, and, and these have known that you have sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. So verse 24 is just speaking to the fact that Jesus came from heaven, amen? That Jesus was sent here on earth because of the pure love that he had for the people, for God's creation, and that his love it would endure and would pass all the, all the drama, all the things that he went through as a man. He came and experienced a life in the flesh. I'm telling you, Jesus was tempted. 
Jesus was beaten. Jesus was talked about. Jesus was ridiculed. They did not like him. The Pharisees did not like him. Amen? The, the, the spiritual men of the time did not like him. They thought he was a blasphemer. They thought he was a fake. You know, what matter of man is this? Who does he think he is to come in and, and tell us what God said? You know, we have our holy scriptures. Well, the holy scripture was right in front of them, but they did not realize that. But he took 12 men. Amen? He took 12 men and poured into them and taught them to, to, to teach, taught them to love. He did miracles in front of them. He had intimate time with them. So when they unified, he was able to tell them, I have taught you. Amen. I have taught you everything that you know. And now it is time for me to go ahead and return to heaven. But you, my disciples, will start the church. You, my disciples, will carry on the mission. You have the same power you have the same ability to do all that I have. And when you read the scripture, you see where they, the disciples begin to become healers, amen, become to preachers of the word, begin to, to take on the character of Christ. We too have that same ability. We too are endowed with those, with those uh, same abilities to be able to, to uh, love God's people even through the storms, even through all the things that we go through, that we are to love like God loved us, to love like Jesus loved us. Amen? So Jesus declares who the Father is and how the Father loves. And Jesus loves the same. Jesus loves the same. And Jesus says, only this can only be through unity. We have to be unified with Christ. Amen? We have to be unified with the Father. We have to be unified with ourselves. Amen? So you got to take all those multiple personalities and put them in check. You know, you know how, you know how we get. You know, we got this church attitude. We got a work attitude. We got a, a, a home attitude. God said, no, 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 no. One mind, one sound mind, amen, that can function in all kinds of situations. We've got to unify ourselves first. We've got to unify with Christ. So if you're, if you're, you're having issues, all you have to do is lean to the Father and say, Father, restore my mind. Father, give me what I need. I don't, I don't want to be the schizophrenic Christian. I don't want to be up one day, down the other. Oh, I'm going to commit to this one day, and then, and then you know, a week later, you're, you're on, on to something else. But God wants us to have a sound mind. God wants us to be unified so we can do the work that he's called us to do. And I believe that God has uh, called restoration, called the people, the bride of Christ, to step up, amen, during this season, to step up and to be able to display all the giftings that are within us. But we can do that only through unity, amen? Only through love, only through perfection, amen. So let's work on it, church, so that we can be one, amen? So I will be preaching, I wanna, I wanna continue a series because I wanna thread something all the way from Genesis to Calvary. So it's important for us to be here on Sunday to catch this word because God has really revealed some amazing, amazing things to me that just was blowing my mind. I'm like, I want to say it now. And he's like, no, 
Let me just thread the needle for you. Let me thread the needle since you get a whole picture of the love that God has for us. So we're going to be talking about the love of God up to Calvary. Amen. We're going to talk about the love of God up to Easter. We're going to continue to talk about the love of God because it's endless and it's priceless. So this morning, you may not know what this love of God is. You may not have experienced the love of God. And we want to open up this altar this morning to you so that you can experience this great God that I've been talking about. This God that makes me laugh. This God that makes me giggle. This God that helps me to see beyond my faults. This God that helps me through hard times, complicated things. My God loves us. If we could just stand to our feet this morning, if you're watching online, you can connect to one of our online ministers. Do you know God loves you? Do you know that God's crazy about you? You might not receive roses. You might not receive jewelry this, this week. You might not receive the love that you're looking for tangibly. But this morning, I wanna just introduce you to a love that never changes. A love that goes beyond any diamond, any flower, any hug. It's the love of God. The life that you live, the breath that you breathe, the sound mind. God is like, I want to love on you, amen. I just want to love and I just want to display my love through you. So as we come into unity, we can experience his love. So we just open up this altar to you this morning, amen. If you want to come up for prayer, if you want to come up and just kneel at the altar and pray, this altar is open to you this morning. As we learn and experience and walk through the love of God, the power of God, the unity of God, the perfection of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we bless you this morning, God. First of all, God, we thank you for creating us, God, and giving us life and life abundantly, God. We thank you that you have given us all the provisions that we need, Lord, that when you created Adam, you created us because we are his seed. And you've given us knowledge, you've given us power, you've given us gifts, God. Father God, that we are overcomers. Everything we need is within us, God, and we need to learn to till the soil as you taught Adam to cultivate and grow our relationship with you, God, so that we have a meaningful life here on earth, a life purpose to do your will, a life purpose to help Fill the kingdom of God up. So this morning, Father God, we ask that you forgive us for our sins, Lord. Forgive us for the lack, Father God. Forgive us for praying ritual prayers. Forgive us for praying out of habit. Praying only when crises arise, God. But we know in order to have a relationship with you, we have to be in union with you. We have to be connected. So God, teach us, Father God, and show us the way of love. Show us, Father God, how to be a purposeful, soul-winning saint, God. 
your word. So Paul says, Father God, that a proper marital relationship is the closest thing to love. Father God, we are your bride. We are your bride and you are the groom. And you showed us the perfect way of love. Let us know that we are dearly loved, that you dearly respect us, and that you dearly love us to the core of our being. Let us unfold all that is within us so that we can be representatives of Christ here on earth. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and we thank you. Amen and amen. Hallelujah, God. Glory to the Father. Amen, amen.